This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fit. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to the We Are Outdoorsman podcast presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lure. We're in week two in the studio. We're in a rhythm. We have some organization going on. Really? Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. We uh, have a good show today. We have Eric Broughton, Maxler Pro Staffer, works for the state as a uh, land biologist. Habitat. Habitat biologist. Private lands, habitat biologist. So he'll be on the show a little later. We are going to kind of go through a little bit of stuff that we have coming up between Herod Outdoors, Maxler. I guess the first thing we'll talk about is we're about to get busy. Oh man, are we ever. About to. Well, we're already busy. Yeah, we're busy. We have a couple of the sportsman shows coming up next week. We head to Puyallup for the Pacific Northwest Sportsman Show put on by the O'Loughlins. And Richie's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Bobby's not going to be there. No. Loser. Bobby's getting into the the age range where he he can only travel so far and and can't stand in a booth and talk about the same thing over and over again. That's not even funny, man. That's not not even funny. It's because it's the truth. Exactly. (laughs) Another 10 days and I'll be old. Oh, yeah. Bobby's birthday. The big six zero. 60? Yeah. He is old, isn't he? Wow. We're going to have to throw a a special podcast party and... To see how much you can keep up with special coffee on a 60 Right. <laughs> so we both kind of do something a little different at the shows. I'll have you kind of walk through what your show situation looks like and deals and sales or whatever you're doing. I'll let you walk the listeners through that. Yeah, so I have products for sale versus what you guys are doing. So we have a 10 by 20 booth that has all of our Herod's Cookhouse seasonings, our backpacks, work sharp items. This year, we're going to have our new line of the Northwest Outdoorsman fishing rods. And we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, so that's all brand new, but we're going to have those at the show. Folks can come by and visit with us about the television show, which they often do, and check out our products and buy products if they want or just visit, and that's kind of how we do it. And barbecue sauce samples. Barbecue sauce samples, yes. And, you know, folks want to come by and bring their, you know, bring their French fries. We might give them a little extra. No, it's good. I I make a few trips down yeah. that aisle. There's some people just come by and just eat spoonfuls all day long. Put it on your ice cream. People are mixing it with their salad dressing, which is fantastic, and putting it on their salads and all kinds of things. Our show is a little different. So when we go do shows, for the most part, the consumer shows, we basically just display product. We don't sell anything more than hats and stuff outside out of the booth we work pretty closely with our retailers that are selling product at the show so at the sportsman show in puyallup sport co will be there and it'll have most of our products there and uh, we just kind of you know educate and just talk fishing for four or five days i call it a drag but it's better than being in the office you get to go you know meet people and talk to people it's just it's mostly just hard on the knees yeah standing on the concrete's pretty rough but yeah, I mean, I think what you guys do is is really good. You show people how to use the products, teach them how to fish for different species and what lures to use and trolling speeds and all kinds of things. I mean, if you want to learn, go by their booth. Well, you know, yeah. the the one thing that's really nice is is we have a number of pro staffers that, that utilize the product in the given areas, whether it's kokanee fishing, walleye fishing, salmon fishing, you know, whatever. They'll be in the booth and can talk directly to 
the product and show you how it's used and why they use it. It's a great deal, a great learning opportunity. Uh, like Britton said, uh, Sportco will most likely have it in their booth. That's uh, why we're there to show. It uh, It works out real well. So that show kicks off on Wednesday the 2nd. We are there through Sunday afternoon, I think. Hopefully it closes up around 4 or something. 4, usually. I think, usually is when we stop, yep. So they are uh, requiring a vaccine. I believe you can get in with a negative test as well. We, we hope that you come down and, and hang out at the Peel State Fairgrounds down there. That's what we have coming up. After that, we get into Portland, and I think you go down to Redmond too, right? Correct. I go down to Redmond, and then this year, I'll also be in Spokane. Bighorn Show. Bighorn Show. A couple other things that we... Well, you guys want to talk about your rods? These guys... Bobby's back in the rod game. Richie's new to the rod game. They got rods, and they are selling rods. What kind of rods you guys got yet so far? You guys know me. I've been in this industry since I was 20 years old. Started out on the rod side, and that's my passion. My my love is, you know, obviously playing with graphite and getting specific designs made, getting the, the products designed the way that I want them to be made has been very, very difficult over the last few years and finally found somebody that can do it we handpicked out a number of rods that we use ourselves here at Max Lure. Walleye rods, uh, kokanee, trout trolling rods, um, some spinning rods, a few salmon rods, things like that that are basically stuff that we use because people are always asking, you know, what kind of rods are you using? Well, you know, I'm using uh, XYZ. Well, now we're going to start using our own product. So what do you guys have available right now? They're, right, they're right. available at HeritOutdoors.com right now, yeah? Correct. Yeah, you can go to HeritOutdoors.com. And right now on the website, we have our Kokanee two-piece, eight-foot-six trolling rod. Soon we will have a, our walleye rod. In fact, probably by the time we get to Puyallup, we will have the walleye rod as well. And that, that's like a 710, uh, 8 to 17 pound bottom bouncer type rod. And so those are the first two we have right now. And like Bobby said, we have a number of designs, uh, I think up to almost 20 eventually that we will be trying to yep. bring to the market. It'll be a little bit slow, uh, obviously, just getting to the designs right. One thing that Bobby's really good about is we get these rods from the manufacturer, we look at them really close make sure that they're meeting our expectations and how we uh, expect them to perform. And then he makes changes, sometimes very subtle changes. Uh, once we get a final, final product, then we bring it online. So that's kind of the process so far, and it's, re it's really exciting, actually. Made in the USA. Made in the USA. Absolutely. Yep. We are going to take a break, and when we get back, we will have Eric Broughton, Maxler Pro Staffer, to talk a little bit about fishing, tournaments, and more. So we'll be right back. Well, we're in the dead of winter, and that means it's ice fishing season. We have an array of glow hooks that are great for fishing through the ice. Whether you want a glow fly hook, whether you want a red hook, a bronze hook, a treble hook, we have them in five, six different colors. And this month only, we have them for 20% off at maxler.com. Just use code GLOWX20 at maxler.com. 
Today I'm here with my buddy Eric. Hey Eric, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Nice time. to see you. Yeah, nice to see you. Thanks for taking time to visit with me. Uh, before we get started, we should let folks know where we're at here. So where are we? We're in my man cave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're hanging out, did an interview for the quail hunt, Yeah. you know, and just catching up, plan, making plans for the new year. Yeah, absolutely. Here we are, we're uh, right by a stove. You can hear it running in the background. It's uh, got a pellet stove going here. Yeah, it's pretty chilly outside. It's so pretty chilly. <laughs> it's been really cold, so we're kind of <laughs> snuggled up in here with the fan. You'll hear that in the background. We're kind of drooling over the Lund that's sitting in here, his nice boat and fishing rods everywhere and turkey feathers and mounts on the wall. You know, it, it's your regular man cave. It is. I had to put some <laughs> of this stuff somewhere. Yeah. You could call it the doghouse, yeah. but either way, it's <laughs> fine with me. Well, know. I don't know. If you're in the doghouse, it's a pretty nice yeah. place to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I'm very blessed. Maybe tell folks a little bit about it, Yeah, who you are and, and what you do, and then we're going to talk about a whole variety of things today, but we'll get into a couple different topics. But yeah. Let folks know who you are. My name's Eric Broughton. I... I've had a passion for the outdoors since my dad took me hunting and fishing and you know he didn't have a lot of time but he you know when we did do it it, it was a cherished moment you know and, oh, yeah. and now that he's retired I try to return the favor you know but he was a boiler maker did a lot of stuff you know blood sweat and tears you know trying mm -hmm. to put food on the table and so it was really important to me that I knew that I didn't want to do that you mm -hmm. know in life yeah. so I ended up going to college and getting a, a degree in natural resources and, and now I work for the, the state and manage a couple counties here. I'm a private lands biologist. It's just a continued passion for being yeah. outdoors, you know, yeah. and I and I like to be outside. I like to bird watch. I like to hike. I like to hunt. Yeah. I like to fish. Do you, do you think, you know, those early days with dad probably led to oh, yeah. where you went to in your life? Yeah. Yeah, we and he took me on my first deer hunt. He, mm -hmm. he grew up, his dad didn't take him, but his uncles mm -hmm. took him. And so we went up to Conconelli. That's where we grew up deer hunting. And that's where I got my uh, first deer. And dad took us up there and we had, he had an old Pinto station wagon <laughs> and we would pack up and head up that's into awesome. the mountains after he got off work. And, you know, as we got older into high school, it was after football games on Friday night, we would pack, you know, a some vehicle usually it was something we could get over here in and tired and dreary but we always had opening morning to look forward to and and it was just a fun time we would fish we would stay there at shady pines on Calcanelli lake and camp there or get a cabin if we were fortunate but we would you know fish for rainbows in the afternoon mm -hmm. deer hunt in the morning and you know mm -hmm. just it was a fun time yeah a lot of good memories yeah those are those are great i mean essentially that's sort of what led me to my career in the forest service you know just wanting to be outside in the woods because right. that's what my parents did for right. me too, you know, just exactly. taking out. So it is yeah. kind of interesting to see how we all go in our life that have that real strong connection to the land and, and the stuff that we do. Yeah, you bet. I, I think if it wasn't for the outdoors, I would probably be a totally different person. Yeah, you know? and, that's true. And I, that investment that dad made, you know, and provided me that opportunity to kind of enjoy that. I have two brothers and two sisters. They all try to get outside too. I, my two brothers hunt when they can and and but we get together every year we have a deer camp here and you know some of the family comes up and we so now i have nephews and and uh, there's a few nieces i think that are interested in doing some fishing it's really enjoyable now one of the ways that we have connected is through max lure and yeah. you're a pro staff with max lure i think the first time we really did something together is when we went walleye fishing and and you have 
a real passion for walleye fishing, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, when I yeah when I moved over here in the early '90s, I finally settled down up here in Electric City. You know, so Banks Lake is in my backyard. So right. I spend a lot of time on the lake, probably over 200 days a year. And yeah. when you live on the lake, you know, one of the first guys I met was Big Wally's, you know, Gordon down there. And, oh yeah. And we we hit it off because uh, he liked talking about fishing, and I like listening. And <laughs> So he, he invited me down to Rufus on my first trip and I caught my first walleye with him and jigging in the winter in January. And, and I think he was testing me out to see if I could even withstand the temperatures, you know, that time yeah. of year, but yeah, right. testing the that waters. Test. And since I did okay, you know, he caught most of the fish, but I really learned a lot and I learned his passion. Of, and yeah. so that friendship led to my passion and he was a Lund rep. And so that's why I own a Lund. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's well, just one thing too. after another. They're sweet, so, you gotta have them all. So I do a lot of fishing <laughs> on the lake and uh, meeting Bobby the first time. They were doing a seminar up here and they needed some help. And Ted Beach and J-Rod and some of those guys knew that I did a lot of fishing. Mm. And they said, hey, you should talk to Eric. Mm. He, he lived right there, you yeah, know. Right. So, <laughs> so it just kind of led into providing some opportunities for Max to to promote some other lures yeah. and do some fishing and yeah you know, it's pretty fun and they make some great lures for walleye fishing for sure but yeah. you can catch walleye out here all different kinds of ways but oh yeah the, you know the day that we went out we had such a blast i mean there's a few days on the lake that i've just really cooned to fish but yeah. that one might be a topper in the couple hours and it was cold as hell we did amazing i don't think we caught a fish under 16 inches no, no it was almost. nuts they were really putting the, you know, eating the perch. Ah. And, you know, I mean, they were just anything you put down there almost was yeah. getting bit. And so we, we tried the sonic bait fish is what right. we we're using. But, right, right. you know, I, to be honest, you probably could have put yeah. your thumb down there and <laughs> right. get bit, you know. But I, you know, it was just, a, it's a fun time of year. Those fish are really getting ready for winter. And there's just so much good bait fish in the lake. Ever since the drawdown, we've had a lot of good perch numbers come yeah. back. And, yeah, yeah. and it's just been really nice to see the amount of age classes that are out there. We have a lot that are right in the slot. So there's a lot right. to take home. Oh, uh, yeah. I think we released most of ours. Well, we did. I we think kept we... a few. But, I mean, we uh, caught like 35 fish, and I bet we only kept six. And they were big fish. I mean, that's important, right? right? To let them big fish go. Yeah, I think from what I've seen, talking to the, the biologists that do the fin surveys yeah. every fall, they kind of know what the age classes are. And looking at their data, that slot that we have out here, those 22 to 26 inch fish are probably mm. our, the ripe females are the, the best fish to leave in the lake, you yeah. know, the ones that are over that 22. But there's some really big 18s and 19s that we caught that were, there were. you know, you could tell that they were ripe yeah. with eggs and should release those yeah. too so and the thing about really... it is is that we both fish year long and i got lots of fish i wasn't like in a meat crisis <laughs> right. you know a guy always likes to have walleye right. in the freezer because everybody likes walleye when they want to come over they got to eat walleye but this year when i was out it was actually hard to find some small fish but there was parts of the lake that held smaller yep. size fish. That was real hit and miss for me this year, fishing out there. Had a few good days and had some not so good days. And it was so hot for a while. So on, uh, when we went out and we were doing that fall fish though, we were using the sonic bait fish. It's essentially you fish it like the blade bait hook it on the back and a little bit of flutter. And one of the things I think is worth noting is just how well we did when we were noticing the perch that they were eating and matching that color, right? I mean, that's, right. A, that's yeah. really what we're after trying to do, match what they're 
the forages. Yeah, a couple of years ago, they were releasing kokanee fingerlings, you know, and yeah. different types. And so the blue and silver really did good. And then last year, we, we used some white, Bob likes white, and, mm -hmm. and yep. silver and uh, the gold was really good this year. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't know if it really mattered, but the size mattered. Yeah, if, it did. You, if you went too big and used a three quarter, and I actually ran it as a fisherman this this last fall that had watched uh, the episode mm -hmm. that we produced mm -hmm. yep. and they came over from the west side. It was probably 15 degrees out <laughs> and I was out there catching a few fish and I, they were out there first so I gave them the room but they, I don't know if they saw the spot on the on the video or what, but they, they finally got the, the courage to come over and say, hey, are you using yeah. those sonic bait fishes? Yeah, and I right. said, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, they go, yeah, we watched this video and you know, we're trying to figure it out. I said, what sizes do you, do you have? And they, they had too big. You know? Too big, so yeah. I had a few in my boat and I called them over and I, I gave them a few. I said, put those on, you want to do it this way. And I kind of showed them and within five minutes, the first kid caught a 26 inch. Oh, and geez. I said, well, that's good luck. You should release that one. So yeah. we released it and then <laughs> they caught a 19 and then a 17 and then they ended up learning a lot just in yeah. that few minutes. It's really neat. We'll, we'll get to the Facebook thing here in a second, but I saw that you posted on Facebook a while back, you were talking, which I thought was great, teaching folks how to do this a little bit better. You're talking about the technique of using these. So talk about that a little bit, because I think that's worthwhile. If somebody's trying to catch walleye jigging in this fashion, there is a technique to it. Yeah, so with uh, blade baits, you know, you're, you're, you kind of have a rhythm that you create with blade baits. Some guys do it different than others, but the premise is, you know, once it hits the bottom, you, you raise your rod tip up and you're trying to snap it, make it vibrate and create that reaction bite that walleyes tend to drive them nuts. Looks like an sure. injured minnow. Sure. With the bait fish, it's no different. Kind of got a tapered edge. And so when you hook it from the middle pull point, it vibrates really nice. What's interesting about the technique is if you were picturing an injured bait fish, if you just do it subtly, and there was days this year where I actually just would snap it one or two times and I, you could feel the fish tick the line yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you have to react to it. Right. So I, I use a braid yep. that, and then Low um, and then I have like a little section of floral mm -hmm. on there and uh, use a uni knot and, and I hook my snap on it. I really don't think you need the floral at times yeah. because I, I wasn't think using the, it the day we were out there. Yeah, I so, caught, yeah. but <laughs> but having that uh, that vibration, that yeah. sensitivity to feel those fish, and yes. sometimes you couldn't even get it to the bottom. You'd have a fish mm -hmm. on. I mean, they just see that fluttering action, and and when we when you flutter it, it flutters down automatic to the bottom, and then then when you snap it with your rod tip straight up, if you're for fishing vertical and you can cast them or mm -hmm. but we were doing vertical presentation for the most part and you're snapping it uh bob calls my uh my technique the double tap yeah, right, right. <laughs> but i was trying to come up with a term that would kind of showcase the the technique and it was flutter snapping it's you mm -hmm. know you're letting it drop which is the flutter action and then you're snapping it once or twice or three times just to try to get that reaction bite i took some buddies out pretty close to the end of the season and it was hard to get them to bite that type of, mm -hmm. and so we just almost held the bait. Oh, really? And didn't even move it. Oh, is that right? <laughs> and you'd feel a dunk, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and so sometimes getting them worked up, they sit there and look at it, but I don't know if they weren't really active those well, days. Or, pretty lethargic, you know, you know right. as the water temperature goes down. So, but you'll see that once in a while as the water gets colder. I think I was the last guy out on the lake <laughs> before it froze solid. Yeah, Because no it was 32.8 degrees. Oh, jeez. And uh, <laughs> trying to catch a few more before the end of the, the open water 
The lake doesn't freeze that often. No, it doesn't. You know, so. No, no. And this last this, year was a lot more fun because it was open for most yeah, of the year. Yeah, Bobby and I fished in February before out here. It was foggy and it was cold, but at least the water was open. It wasn't froze. But the fish are really lethargic, and you everything you do, whether you're trolling or you're jigging, you've just got to slow down. Right. And even bringing them up, if you're in 40 yeah. foot, if you're going to release them, you want to take bring it easy, yeah. bring them up as slow as you can with not letting any slack. I mean, sometimes they go nutso on you and you yeah. got to bring them in a little bit faster. Let's talk about that, the Facebook. Part of what's cool about fishing, I think, is just a little more so than hunting. Guys are more willing to share information. And oh, so yeah. we were talking before we started here about you manage a Facebook page. Yeah, well, we have uh, Washington Walleye on Facebook. It's mm -hmm. a group that we got started years ago it kind of was a spur off of some of the tournament websites trying to get some interest in from walleye fishing and tournaments it's kind of grown into a bigger group of there's a lot of interest now mm -hmm. and yeah. the interest really has spurred on there's a couple of other sites groups out there pacific northwest walleye yeah. with jordan runs yeah. and, and a couple of others that they're after a special target audience my admin on it's j-rod no. He's an assistant yeah. admin to it because I brought him in because he does a lot of educational stuff with his YouTube channel and I wanted to get that because he's a good communicator too mm -hmm. and he also fishes in a different part of the lake or state you yeah, know down than the, I do down and, by the more by the Tri Cities and, and then I'm involved in some of the tournaments up here on Banks and and I fish some of them so getting that cross promotion to maybe some new walleye anglers that want to start a tournament or be in a tournament or or want to try one. They're pretty fun to be in, be in some of that stuff and trying to catch fish and a lot of people interested in walleye fishing and so mm. it's been really good to kind of help spur on not just what Max is doing and some of the walleye associations. There's a lot of newbie fishermen. You also have a lot of guides now that are targeting walleye because of the lack of salmon seasons or or the lack of fishing, they're trying to increase their clientele. And, and we saw what happened with the triploid fishing on Rufus yeah. this year with guides. And there's a yeah. there's a big business. Fishing's a big business. Yeah, so with is. COVID, everybody's wanting to get outside, wants to get. And so there's a lot of interest and knowledge about how to do stuff. And being able to share that on a social media is mm -hmm. really important. But also when you're at the admin, you got to kind of, some guys just want to sell you their latest and greatest oh, yeah. lure. And, you know, and yeah. but, you know, but with Max, they got a mission people to go out and catch fish right. and, and they're not in it just for the money. They have, a, they have a mission. So that's what I've always enjoyed about the Max guys and the company is that they have, they're very invested in the fishing community here in Washington. And they also are present out there. Mm -hmm. Is it an open group? So anybody can yeah. go to the Facebook page and join? Yeah, you can join. We ask a couple questions. Other than that, it's pretty open for people. Yeah, good place for people to learn. Yeah, we have, I don't know, 4,000 members or something now. No, that's great. Members. So that's awesome. It's been fun. I, I tried to keep stuff fresh. This year with the tournament schedules, the Columbia River Walleye Association, they're sponsoring all of our tournaments this year. Tournaments have kind of gone up and down with participation. The Banks tournament's always been May 18th mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. It's always postponed, postponed a little bit. So it's kind of a marginal bite. It's on the edge. This year, they're <laughs> going to have it in June. Oh, that'll be a and lot And so better. out of the tournament circuit, there's going to be three uh, three or four tournaments on the down in the Columbia River out of Pasco and Umatilla. And uh, then there'll be the Lake Roosevelt. I don't think it's changed its date, but the three that changed will be Moses, Potholes, and Banks. Those dates have been switched around. Okay. Mainly to align the better bite and the activity. So I think it's going to be really fun this year. Yeah. And even from a standpoint that just trying to figure out you know, how many extra people we can get out there to participate because sometimes it was difficult for guys to show up. Mm -hmm. And 
when you go out and a lot of guys would show up on a Thursday, maybe a Friday pre-fish, because you could sign up for the tournament the day before. Day before. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, well, I'm not going to waste my money because <laughs> I'm not on any fish. And if it's tough fishing, yeah. and there's a lot of good sticks out there in, yeah, in the yeah. tournament, guys. Are, I fished against a bunch of them, and man, they are tough crowd so I mean yeah. but it, when you're interested in a tournament and you, you're trying to keep it fun it's important to involve others uh, the bass guys they they have jamborees and three-day tournaments and they involve families and stuff when, you know, for certain tournaments and they get a lot of participation the entry fees are a little bit lower but the idea is to get the participation up yeah so having a better time to fish the, yeah. the hopes are that the, the guys at the Columbia River Association they're really trying hard to get those especially past potholes and and Moses those tournaments are really fun it can be fun if, if you pick the right time mm -hmm. but it could be dead yeah yeah <laughs> yeah if they pick the wrong one. Oh so, man that's a that's a fact so and that there's nothing worse than a, the wrong time bite especially post spawn yeah because those those fish will not bite at no, all they won't. and it's not like you feel you wasted your money but you want to kind of spur on that success it might mean that we weigh more fishing during the, the weigh-in or <laughs> right. whatever we do but and then this year with the covid we started these fish donkey tournaments chad halverson and a couple of the other guys that i know they really got into helping out do some some of the tournaments through fish donkey which is a catch measure photo and release mm -hmm. yeah and it's done through an app boy that was fun and mm. you're putting the fish right back you're not harming the fish and yeah, I, yeah. I really see that that might be the future with some of this stuff just to keep the participation up they have a big walleye monthly big walleye challenge it's is open and I, there's a, a new fish donkey online that's uh, starting up for this this next year they have uh, a couple of new guys starting it up and and basically it'll go a month long and have some sponsors i think max and a few of the other tackle manufacturers provide some gifts certificates and product for the, for the big fish you know yeah, for every yeah. month so it's and it's kind of fun because you could be out there and catch a big fish yeah. and maybe win something and and it's like 20 bucks to enter online and you just measure the fish on a board, board and take, so a, be seen. take a picture of it and then yeah. you take a video of you releasing it. And, and well, in a way, I mean, you're cool. really getting more participation that way because right. you don't have to travel s somewhere and it's not very expensive. So that's right. a really cool way, I think, to involve folks. Right. And the, the monthly tournaments are fun because it's not as hectic as like a normal walleye tournament. What's cool is it's a live leaderboard. So mm. when you're out in your boat and you hear the donkey, you know, yeah. hee-haw, yeah. you're like, oh, somebody just caught a fish. Yeah. And then you look at the leaderboard <laughs> and you're like, oh, crap. I was in first place. Now I'm in 10th. And yeah. it makes you kind of, it's mentally kind of challenging. That's awesome. But it's uh, it's really been kind of a fun thing to be in and participate in. And it, it's just something that, that technology now that we have iPhones and social media that we can do this. I mean, it's kind of crazy. So. It is kind of crazy. It really is. Well, Eric, we've chatted for quite a while. Our time is pretty much up here. Yeah. And we have lots of other things to talk about. So what I think we should do is yeah. get back together and talk about other things again because there's lots of things to chat about. Oh, we got turkey <laughs> season coming up. We got all kinds of stuff I, I, coming up. You I know. think that's what we'll do. We'll just hold off for that. So <laughs> you bet. I appreciate your time and everything you really that you're doing for walleye community. I, I love following you on Facebook. It's it's fun to see someone else is just as passionate as I am about 
catching those fish and all the things that you're doing, you, you've kind of got, gone above and beyond. So appreciate all that. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to be doing a seminar with uh, the Pasco, the Walleye Limited, down there in when March. In March. What's, in March. Do you know what the dates meeting. are? No, not yet. I think it's their March meeting. Okay. So I talked to Tom Moore uh, yesterday, and, and he's trying to line up. So I'm going to do a, probably a Banks Lake seminar right and on. talk about uh, Sonic Bait Fish some more. And Perfect. So if guys are interested and they want to come down or absolutely they can do that, um, they got a couple sportsman show seminars that are going on. J Rod's going to do some of that, but so I'll be down in Pasco in March. Very good. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks. So it was really good to sit down with Eric. Uh, hadn't done that for a while and just talk about all the things that he's been up to, especially on the walleye fishing front. So kind of fun to dive deep into a few topics that he knows a lot about. And so, Bobby, you kind of got to go out and jig fish with him again, didn't you? A buddy of mine from West Virginia had come out and was just hell-bent on wanting to go up and do that. And so I gave Eric a call. and We actually ran up and did the exact same thing as what we did last year. I right. mean, literally, uh, same place, went out there and just absolutely mauled the fish. And we caught we caught probably more fish than what we did last year a, a, in a shorter time. Oh, really? You oh, caught yeah. some tanks, didn't you? We, uh, we caught uh, probably 50 fish, and over two-thirds of those fish were over 20 inches. Eric caught one that we measured, I think, at 30 or 31 something like that and that's a nice fish oh it was a toad we posted a, you took a video of that one we posted oh yeah that yeah video no we, we yeah page. we videoed the thing and it was phenomenal fishing mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal fishing is all you had to do was get it down there twitch a couple times and, and we're doing i called it the double tap but right uh, yeah yeah <laughs> flutter, do, snap. Do the flutter snapping i mean it, it just absolutely lit them up we we did extremely well uh color wise same colors you know the white, the uh, gold, fire tiger, you know, all, all three of them worked extremely well. And right. uh, same depths, you know, we were in 40 to 50 feet. Uh, had to take your time bringing them up. The fishing was off the hook. Unbelievable. You know, you, you don't get fishing like that. You know, I remember Richie saying something about, you know, there's there's a handful of, of times that you remember certain fishing times when you're out on a lake when you just smack them ah, this one ranked right up there with number one or number two that we've ever had you know up there at banks and it was uh it, it was good well those techniques that eric talked about in his interview they work very well and part of it is a little bit on timing but really hunting and fishing is about timing you oh, know, being in the right place the right time and having the right gear so yeah that's the whole idea is take these techniques and, and sure go put them in, into work and catch your fish. The one thing I'll tell you that it was so good, we went up two days later again. And did it again. And and did it again. Yeah. And guess what? Couldn't find a fish. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't find a fish. I will say that, that we caught probably 20 fish in about the same amount of time. Yeah. I've always told people how you have to play with a, a, a jigging spoon to figure out what triggers fish to bite. Right. You know, different cadence, different movement, uh, hooking on the back, hooking on the front. You know, you've, you've got to figure out what they want. Well, we started playing around a little bit, and we caught some Jurassic whitefish. 
Oh, really? <laughs> oh, we started jigging real slow mm-hmm. and, and, and just barely moving it down on the bottom. And all of a sudden, we started catching these uh, four to six pound whitefish. Holy smokes. I mean, I'm talking toads. It was phenomenal. But I didn't want to catch a whitefish. I wanted to catch a big walleye. Sure. So, of course, you know, pretty soon you're, you're, you're flutter snapping again and, and trying to get stuff to bite and, right. and draw fish in. But it's amazing the different types of movements that trigger certain types of, of fish to bite. I was supposed to be up there, but uh, it, they went up on Apple Cup Friday, which I haven't got a chance to talk about <laughs> on the podcast yet. But Oh, boy. <laughs> but I'm wearing my Coug sweatshirt right now, and uh, it's because it's our state now. I'm pretty sure that WSU flag's still planted right in midfield in Husky Stadium. Could be. <laughs> they call it the greatest setting, and it is indeed the greatest setting now with a Coug flag in the middle of it. <laughs> Uh, one more thing to talk about is uh, Eric uh, has been pretty involved with the walleye circuit throughout the mm-hmm. state, and uh, it's a program, uh, you know, especially with the fish donkey now um, throughout the pandemic. That's really cool, especially for people, whether they're competitive, whether they just want to be involved in a tournament. They've shifted the dates around is what Eric said, and I, Bobby, when we were listening to the interview, um, said that was it was much needed just to kind of align with some of the bites. At Max Lure, we, we sponsor all of those, and... It's just a really good thing. So we, we highly encourage um, anyone out there who's interested in walleye fishing or, you know, walleye fishes already to jump on those uh, Facebook groups that Eric mentioned and get involved because it's a really cool community, a growing community that I'm sure you'll learn something. Just real quickly, the, the old Northwest Walleye Circuit that used to be the main group has kind of disbanded and the Columbia River Walleye Anglers Association has taken over all of those tournaments for basically a Washington Oregon tournament system and they've got like seven tournaments on their their program fish donkey kind of disbanded but somebody else is starting it back up again uh, this upcoming year but all of the uh, tournaments, if you go to the Columbia River Walleye Anglers Association Facebook site, you'll find all of those tournaments on there. They do a great job with trying to get people involved, trying to get educate people of what we've got here in this state. We are going to wrap it up here. We're going fishing next week. So we will report back on how that goes. You Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Max Lure, uh, Herod Outdoors LLC on Facebook. Um, same things on Instagram. We'll be documenting the trip, and then we will be sure to report back to you on the podcast how it went. Until next week, we'll talk to you later. Bye.